I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also with ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others, as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and weekly check-ins with myself. And of course, when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows. Shop the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast, or welcome back if you have been tuning in for a while. Today's episode is a special one because I am dedicating it to recently turning 25. I turned 25 on February 25th. So this past Friday, if you are listening to this episode on Tuesday, the day this comes out, And I actually shared a swipe through post on the podcast Instagram, which it seems like a lot of you enjoyed reading through. And I did say that I would have an episode that would elaborate more on those points. But something I always like to do every year on my birthday is to just reflect on core valuable lessons that I've learned over the years. And I like to add one for each year. So last year I did four when I turned 24. This year I'm doing five and I'm sure next year I'll do six. But essentially I think about the most valuable lessons I've learned over the years in my 20s and then really try to pinpoint anything that came about from the last year. And I think in this one I had two core lessons that really came about because of certain events from this past year and this year was a transformative one as well because I moved from Los Angeles to New York City and so half of 24 was in LA and then yeah so it's actually exactly half half of 24 was in LA half of it was in New York and I really feel as though I grew a lot you know for obvious reasons but I I grew a lot in that move in that transition and um, you know I I'm officially in my mid-20s now I can't say early-ish mid-20s anymore but you know that's the beauty of life of growing up and learning over the years and I think um, a lot of these lessons are ones that I would have loved to hear from like an older sister, so to speak, when I was younger, when I was 20, 21, 22. And I think it tends to be more relatable when it comes from someone only a couple years older than you or within your age range instead of maybe just a parent, for example. Um, Again, I only speak from personal experience. I do wish I 
had an older sister of some sort back in the day to have been able to tell me some more modern day life lessons. Um, So that is why I'm dedicating this episode to speaking about those five most valuable lessons I've learned in my 25 years. And with that being said, cheers to 25 and let's get into it. So one of the most valuable lessons I put down in my notes here is that some of the best moments in life happen unplanned and unexpectedly. In fact, maybe the best moments really happen unexpectedly. And I think that's really the beauty of life, something I have learned and grown to appreciate about life, especially as someone that has a tendency to try to plan out as much as possible, whether it's in my head or physically in my notes or in my calendar. Um, You know, as a tangent, my personality on the Myers-Briggs scale or whatever you call that, um, my personality is ENTJ. And if you are familiar with the personalities or if you are an NTJ yourself, whether you're an I or an E, extrovert or introvert, um, I would say the tendency is definitely around being structured and being a student of your calendar. Of course, like anything in life, there's a spectrum to it. So I'm not extremely rigid with having a schedule. But for example, I try my best to plan a general outline of like when I'm going on a trip and where I'm going to stay at and like the restaurants I need to book in advance, things like that. But everything else, like the small minute details in between, I still let that play out for, you know, however it's going to play out, right? But then on the other hand, um, a difficulty I always had, especially um, in the past years was when I went on trips with close friends that literally all of them except me would be like super go with the flow which is great but it can be really difficult because when you're booking flights and booking hotels being last minute gives you very little options and if you still can get the option you want you're gonna have to pay a lot of money more so than if you were to book it three four weeks ahead at the very least right so that was always something I struggled with um, and would always battle with my friends about but um, just more in like the grand scheme of things I think I used to try to plan a lot of my life and now I really stick by only giving myself a overall outline of what I have in mind for the week for the day um, but still giving myself wiggle room for what happens in between and a great example that I can think of is New Year's Eve of this past year. So New Year's Eve 2021. My original plan was to go out with a group of six or seven girls, including myself, and we were just going to dress up and have a girls night. Um, definitely not really, we weren't going to go to like a club or anything, but we wanted to kind of have like a nice girls bougie cocktail night, you know what I mean? And just kind of ring in the new year. That ended up not happening because my main friend in that group, um, she couldn't make it out from California. I I think she ended up just wanting to stay in California. And so I didn't really have a second plan, but it kind of ended up working out um, at first because I had a friend reach out to me 
pretty much a few days after that plan died down and she was like hey do you have plans for new year's eve i realized like i have never celebrated uh new year's eve in new york city um now that you live there i think it'd be a great opportunity for both of us and catching up and all that so i was like yeah i'm i'm game like come up and we'll go out together and so that was the original second plan and then that unfortunately didn't go as well because she ended up getting Omicron, which I think a lot of people did during the holidays and whatnot um, this past December. And then she texted me like two or three days before New Year's Eve and was like, hey, unfortunately can't make it. I don't think I will, you know, test negative before New Year's. And I'm like, you know what? No worries. It happens. And I was able to just kind of move on from it. And I remember that night, I was like, you know what, just have a self-care night, don't do anything for New Year's, and, you know, just go into the new year with a fresh mind and spend it with yourself. Because I did that the past year. Um, I went to Scottsdale, Arizona by myself on a solo trip in 2020, going into 2021, and I ended up meeting people at the hotel, and they more or less, like, convinced me to go out with them um, in, like, a more fun way I went out with this like one guy and then a couple and the guy I was also there on a solo trip too so it was just like a very unique experience for me and a very wholesome like in tune with myself moment if that makes sense and so I personally did not mind just doing my own thing again this year after the first two plans fell through but then on New Year's Eve Eve so pretty much December 30th I went out that night in New York and was talking to my guy friend who also happens to be a promoter and I was just he actually had asked me he was like what are you doing for New Year's Eve tomorrow and I'm like probably nothing special like I think I'm just gonna stay home actually and you know all that and he was like well you should definitely come over to like the party I'm having it's only about 10-15 people it's gonna be fun you should come if you're up for it and so I thought about it and was like yeah yeah you know what I'm down fuck it like it's either going to be a good time or like, you know, it's I'll at least have some memories out of it. Like I didn't really, you know, my alternative was just staying home and I was indifferent and um, I was like, yeah, why not? So the beauty of that, though, is that um, basically on New Year's Eve, I actually ended up meeting someone that night and I hit it off with this person I won't really go into details on that, but basically um, I was pleasantly surprised by meeting this person. We like just had such a deep um, like conversation off the bat and just had a really like emotionally intimate connection um, to my surprise, like again, off of such a short period of time. And this is also, again, including hangouts after New Year's Eve. Um, and this person I know I would not meet on any other occasion besides through this mutual friend. And yeah, I don't know if I would have met this person if I didn't go to this um, yellow house party gathering. It was literally 10 people. So it was like cool and chill. Um, but funny enough too, that guy, he actually wasn't planning on going to the party either because he similar to me um likes to start the new year in a way that really sets the tone for the year which is why I went to Scottsdale by myself the year before but he was gonna go um up somewhere in Boston uh because there's kind of like something relevant there within his career that he wanted to kind of be mindful about which is so funny because it's 
definitely something I would do as well. But I guess last minute he changed his mind and was like, you know what, I don't, you know, I, I like to enjoy it with my friends. So like all these guys there were his like his best friends and pretty much family essentially. But what I realized from all that is that, you know, my I had plans originally and, and two of them actually. Um, and in a sense, I, I guess I kind of had to say thanks to my first two plans for not going through because if they did, I would not have met this person or just had the experience that I had that night that just really made me feel more with myself again in a way. Like I feel like the more I do things out of my comfort zone and again, I went into that night like only knowing one person there and then, you know, makes me come out of my comfort zone and talk to new people make conversation with people and get to know other people and and try to make new friends, right? And again, that's something I talk about on the show is like, sometimes you just have to say yes and and go for it and do things that are not totally comfortable for you. Now, for me, it's, it's not necessarily out of my comfort zone anymore because I have talked about going out by myself and doing more crazy things on my own, like solo trips. But that's why I've gotten used to that muscle where I'm like, you know what? Hey, I mean, you never know. I might have a cool opportunity out of going to this. And if not, like it's, you know, we move on, right? So it's just lost time. And then you kind of learn over time how to make better decisions. But yeah, I think this is just an important one because I know my younger self, definitely speaking from my college years, where if something like a New Year's Eve plan did not go as I wanted, and if I I definitely could or probably would get upset and be like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And I would get kind of really angsty. And I know not everyone has that. I think it's just like the way my brain works because I'm such a planner or I used to be more of a planner. Um, And now it's just nice to be reflective and realize like it's actually great that my, my original plans didn't happen because I got to meet a really cool person that... I would definitely not have met in the normal environments I'm in and so I'm I guess more or less grateful for the original plans not happening. Lately I've been drinking Magic Mind almost every day before I start working for the day to help with getting into the flow state. Whether you are still in college or you work full-time like me I know we all have those days where it feels extremely difficult to stay focused and on task. While I don't judge myself for lack of productivity, I do care about how effective I am with my time because time is precious, so why would I want to waste it? Something I've been genuinely really shocked about with Magic Mind is not only how good it tastes because I'm super picky, but also actually how well I stay focused. I mean, I don't know what it is, but if I'm being really honest, I get distracted kind of easily and it's been working wonders. So let's break down what Magic Mind really does. It is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee if you drink coffee for energy and focus. Or if you are like me, you can drink it alongside because I personally cannot give up my coffee. I love making it in the morning. It also helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And the best part, it is all natural ingredients including adaptogens, matcha, 
and nootropics. I highly recommend you give this a try if you are already considering it. It comes in a box of 15 and I like it so much. Sometimes I drink it twice a day. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash fulfill during checkout. That's fulfill at magicmind.co slash fulfill. Enjoy. The second lesson I have here is that you will get over it eventually. And yes, especially that guy. (laughs) I was laughing when I wrote this down as a lesson, but for me especially, it's a big one that I've learned, um, particularly in this past year, because I feel like I had many different instances, not a lot, I guess I should say maybe like three or four since 2020 where it was with a guy and I was talking to him for, you know, maybe two, three months, you know, that kind of thing, right? And then of course, none of them went into relationships, um, particularly because I'm mindful about that. But also, I think it was just very mutual on all like none of us were I think aligned in making it go any further but I definitely recall in those times where I got super micro about those moments and I would overthink how I would text a guy I would overthink you know like why was he super you know chasing me at first and then now he's not and like all these different things and It really never had much to do with me, if I'm being honest. Like, looking back now, I just think that it was a big part of how I kept perceiving each situation. And I'm so grateful to have a good friend, Alexis, that would keep me in check because at one point she made a joke when I was, like, pretty much analyzing a situation. And she was like, Emily, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't think this guy is, like, the one or anything I don't think you need to put this much energy into it because this is, you know, like you're going to have a new guy sooner or later. Um, she's She was basically saying like, I've gone through this conversation with you before on a different guy, so you're going to be okay. And I was laughing because I knew that, you know, like I knew I went through this before with energy wise, like I'd go through the cycle of too much energy on the guy and then a couple weeks later I get over it I move on and then I somehow get myself um, into a new situation where I meet someone we hit it off and we start the cycle of talking seeing each other for two three months that kind of thing but the reason why I find this lesson important is because especially in my early 20s after I broke up with my last relationship I remember so many times when I got really micro. My energy was so there. It was there even during work. It was there after work. I would be thinking too much about how to say something. I would be just analyzing the situation too much. And that's probably a big part too because I'm not the type of person that talks to multiple guys at once. And I'm not saying that's a like a bad thing to anyone that does. I certainly have quite a few friends that do that and I know like I have probably done that to some extent in the past Um, I will say though like I just truthfully my energy is so consumed with myself um, what I'm passionate about in my work and so I don't have enough capacity to have or entertain multiple guys in my text messages or to be going on multiple dates in a span of a month or two weeks with 
different people, right? Like that would kind of go against my own concept of meaningful relationships in a meaningful connection. And I do think you can really figure that out after a first or at the very least a second date. But usually, you know, the first time around, you can tell if there's something there or not that's worth seeing again for a second time. Um, But I've always also just like, this is why I talked about dating older as well is like I'm really respectful of people's time and I tend to get that reciprocation more um, just because I think some people have that experience more as they get older which totally makes sense but um, I respect people's time and I respect people enough to tell them to their face and not ghost like if I don't see something going a certain way or if I don't feel like it's worth their time to take me out again because I probably won't have that interest there. So I guess I have a tendency to maybe kind of just narrow down sooner than later instead of juggling multiple people at once. Um, But yeah, I guess to my younger self, I would tell her you're going to get over that guy. And it's easy to not see that in the moment. But I think ironically, the more experiences you have with getting over people that you we're seeing for like two to three months the more you realize like eh, this just might be another one and you start to get just really picky and recognizing who's worth the energy and who's not and to cap off that lesson a quote that I love um, I believe this is from Naval Ravenkant he says if it entertains you now but will bore you someday it's a distraction keep looking my third valuable lesson is to be wise about who you get input from and to not take advice from people you would not trade places with even if it's your parents. This one has definitely been something I stuck with over the years and I think some people think it's harsh in a way but I will tell you this. At the end of the day, it is your life that you are directing and if it hurts people's feelings that you don't take their advice and apply it into your life, that's a great place to actually sit and wonder where they're coming from, like what they really want for you. Because if they say they want the best for you but are pretty upset that you maybe go a different direction and take someone else's input instead of theirs, then that's a great sign that they're probably clouded with their own bias of what they want for your life and perhaps want you to live a part of their life that they didn't get to live out. And honestly, I can say that from my perspective of, you know, not quite taking certain advice from parents. In fact, I think a lot of my life from after high school I didn't really listen to my parents in that aspect not out of a disrespectful way don't make no mistake I don't recommend to be disrespectful to people in fact I encourage to respect people's opinion everyone can have an opinion but be very mindful about who gets upset that you don't apply their opinion or advice and how they perceive your life choices are they putting you down are they saying you're dumb for doing this or are they saying hey you know what give it a try and see if it works right because again too I think there's something to be said about taking or learning from 
mentors or people that especially have good results in that area of life and they don't have a direct correlation with you let's say because they're not family or they're not like a close friend those are usually the people that can give you the most objective advice because they're not too tied up in your life to have a bias for you they might have a bias from their experience right because we all do but To me, I've always had the best learning experience and I've always taken advice from people that kind of had that distance from my life, if that makes sense. Of course, I still take and ask for input from friends um, and especially when I believe their viewpoint would be objective. So for example, I tend to ask some guy friends that are close to me but not extremely close to me about their perception of maybe how I handle a certain situation, whether it's dating related or maybe dealing with guys, right? Or if it's career related, I will probably ask a mentor or someone that has succeeded in that area, um, especially if it's like financially or dealing with maybe more business structure things. And you just have to pay attention, you know, like I, I personally have seen it myself where Family members can be upset that you're not taking advice from them. But at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, what makes you happy? What fulfills you in life? Your own meaningful relationships and what you do for work will fulfill you in life in the long run. And if what you are doing and who you are with feel meaningful and purposeful to you, then I would say you are on the right path and that you should really take advice and input from people that think otherwise about your path. You should take it with a grain of salt and in fact, try to train your mind to not let it get into your head because I think those are times where you start to make decisions based on the fear of what someone else will say about you or the fear of failing because you went a certain way that you wanted and you want to prove someone else wrong right so um yeah moral of that story like try to get objective lens and try to ask people that actually might disagree with you because from there too i've always experienced that i get to see things from a different lens more and it allows me the opportunity to strengthen my position Or maybe change my position because now I see the better approach in whatever I'm pursuing. A fourth valuable lesson and especially one that I have come to realize recently is that it doesn't matter how they perceive you. If it's spoken from honesty, then your cards are on the table and that's all you can do. What I mean by this is that I especially used to hold back and this might tie into the analyzing aspect of what I talked about um, before where I would overanalyze situations maybe in particular to dating or how I would say something to a guy and it's it's quite frankly because I know that I'm just a very deep person I have deep conversations that's where you'll just get to know the more real version of me and I think I was always nervous about saying something in a certain way even though it was like honest like even though it's not 
weird to me. I was concerned that it would come off weird to the person receiving it. And then the other day, I had a Zoom call with a friend, and it's something we do every six weeks, actually. So we're nerds like that. But um, he had told me, you know, Emily, you were actually on the right path because if if it's spoken from honesty, um, you know, he's not going to perceive you like that because your energy, your like the frequency you're coming across, like it's it's going to come across that way. And even in the worst case scenario, he perceives it as like, okay, this girl's weird or whatever. Well, then not only is that his loss, but like I, I can't do anything about that perception either, right? Like I could change my words and I can say whatever, but then I would probably be dishonest about who I am and then that would be misaligned with my own values. And then my friend had mentioned something too, is like by thinking too much into it and by trying to calculate what to say, because I'm scared of like my weirdness, I guess, coming out. Because again, I don't mind, like I love being the weird one that I am. I mean, I think for example too, like I know I know plenty of times back in the day when I was kind of scared to tell people like, yeah, I go out by myself when I, you know, whenever I feel like it because I, I knew that's not normal. And I felt like some people might think that I was weird, especially guys, right? They might be like, why do you go out by yourself? Like, you know, you're a girl and, and you know, why don't you just go out with friends? But once I just kind of owned it, you know, like once I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I go out by myself and it's a fucking great time. Like people, like your energy translates that way. And so um, I remember when I first, when I first started sharing it, like I, I have not really gotten maybe one out of 20 or 30 people have been like, interesting that's like you know like actually in fact most people I would share that with guys included they were like whoa that's actually pretty dope like that's badass like they kind of they really respected me more for owning it you know um but in the micro moments of things I tend to forget that and my tendency is to overthink because I'm an analytical person in that sense so like I said if you are saying something with fear of like how you're perceived, it will translate as so, like your frequency will have that. Um, on the other hand, if you're fully honest and you're transparent, it will translate as that because it is what it is, like you're not lying and you're just being yourself. And again, you cannot control how people perceive that energy and if they don't perceive it well, well, then they were misaligned for you anyways. And you really dodged a bullet by cutting the bullshit and figuring out if this person can vibe with you or not. But most importantly, an important lesson out of that is to learn to be indifferent about things outside of your control. That's where I have found the most peace in my life. I have inner peace. I have inner peace now because I don't I don't get boggled up about things outside of my control. Of course, sometimes I do here and there, but nowadays I'm just very indifferent. And I think that's a big help from practicing stoicism and reading it and just really applying it into my everyday life. So definitely keep that in mind. Be indifferent about things outside of your control. The last and most valuable lesson I've learned, which is why I saved it for last, is simply carpe diem, seize the moment. I say this as something I recognized in this past year from 24 to 25. I really got this from the founder of Tom's, which are 
originally i think they expanded their business now but originally they are those shoes it's kind of like loafers but they're not they're really made out of more like recycled material i don't know how to explain it but i did wear toms in middle school i think i wore it sixth and seventh grade maybe eighth grade as well but he talked about how he unfortunately lost his one of his best friends when he was 18 i believe um i think it was due to a plane accident and from that day forward he really recognized how precious life is and how we spend too much time on things that don't matter in the long run and that we hold ourselves back for that reason and so he decided from that day on that he would never let the moment go to waste and that he would really seize every moment in fact he signs all of his emails with carpe diem and I really loved that because I'm a sentimental person as well. I think about, you know, some of those dark things about how people have lost their lives too early and that there's people out there that would would appreciate having the chance I have today to text that person, say I love you again, say thank you, be grateful, and to take strategic risks, whether that's in your career or in your personal life. And full honesty, I actually get that reminder just by looking out my window because my view is of the One World Trade Center. And I told someone this, that that's my favorite building in New York because for me, it serves as a reminder that there's many people that wish that they could be in my position today, living my life in New York and having the opportunities that I do to, you know, go after go take the risk right like all of them would wish to have the chance that I do so I really try to remember that every single day and live with honor for them and for the people that did lose loved ones during that time that unfortunate time and wish that they could say I love you again or thank you or send that text right to that person so you don't really get those chances back And so every time I start to think too much, I just tell myself, why wait? Like, don't wait too long. Just just go do it, you know? And you're definitely better off taking risks when it's low and minimal, especially. So for those of you out there who get scared of sending the text or sending the follow-up email or looking like you're too needy, whatever it is, you are... If getting denied or ghosted or not being responded to scares you, you got to remind yourself those are very low risks, okay? And either way, it's good practice for building confidence. That's how I've built my confidence is, is this ideology of like carpe diem, like go after it, go do something that scares you, send that text if that scares you and that, you know, if that pushes you out of your comfort zone, that is where you are going to grow the most and another part of that too is about going out on your own I talk about this earlier and I talk about this often but I could not be more of an advocate for trying things on your own stop waiting for people to come with you because you're scared to do it on your own it's one thing if you're scared because of like safety reasons it's another thing to be scared if you are afraid how you look or if you're insecure about doing something on your own 
Trust me when I say I felt that way at some point as well. And the moment you just, again, step in and own it, own that feeling and own what you want to do, your energy just exudes that way. People go, people see you glow differently. And that's why I'm so glad that I continued over the past year to live by this saying because I, I saw how much better my life became when I stopped holding back on the dumbest things. And I can tell you guys right now, I've been a culprit of that and I know many of us have that issue all the time but that's why you have to just seize the moment and recognize that life is too fucking short so why would you wait you know and and I'll leave this section and just this entire five valuable lessons of mine um, with this quote from Steve Jobs it's one of my favorites but he said Remembering that you're going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason to not follow your heart. And that was all for today's special birthday edition episode. I hope you found some value in this episode and maybe some of these core lessons and valuable lessons really resonated with you as well. If you did enjoy this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could share this podcast on your Instagram story and be sure to tag the Instagram at you so I can reshare and of course chat with you guys because I always love hearing your feedback and I really just enjoy interacting with you guys in general. So thank you so much for the support. If you've been curious about the podcast merch, everything is available at whatfulfillsyou.com, especially the best-selling card game. In fact, if you are listening to this right now on March 1st, today is the last day to grab anything from the website for 25% off in honor of the 25th birthday. So you can use the code BDAY25 at checkout for 25% off everything, including the card game. So that promotion is valid through the end of the day on March 1st. Thanks again for tuning in. I will chat with you all in the next episode.